And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 everyone and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host as always, Mr. Luke Giacnetti. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to our very special Christmas episode today. Uh, this is uh, the third Christmas episode we've done here on Earth Destruction Directive and keeping with the holiday tradition, we are going to be taking a look at yet another Christmas episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Now, that's not entirely true because at this point we have moved on past the Mighty Morphin moniker and we're going to be taking a look at the episode entitled A Season to Remember, which was from the fourth season of Power Rangers, which is Power Rangers Zeo. And uh, I, I had, I don't remember if I saw this one when it aired the first time, but if I had, I completely forgot about it. So without any further ado, let the Yuletide um, festivities begin as we get into A Season to Remember, which first aired November 27th, 1996 on Fox Kids. Did air uh, several times after that, of course, in syndication and reruns, both on Fox as well as Fox Family and later ABC Family. Uh, has not been aired in many years because um, Old School Power Rangers is no longer being rerun anywhere, at least here in the United States. And our story goes a little something like this. At Christmas time, a grandfatherly gentleman tells his young grandson about a Power Rangers adventure from many years in the past. During the era of the Zeo Rangers, Tommy, Cat, Rocky, Adam, and Tanya were helping set up a holiday celebration at the Angel Grove Youth Center, showcasing how people of different faiths and cultures celebrate the holidays. In addition to Christmas, the teens' never-before-seen Jewish friend Raymond is presenting Hanukkah, while Tanya will be talking about Kwanzaa. Meanwhile, Bulk and Skull are assigned a case by Detective Stone. All of the fruitcakes in Angel Grove have gone missing. The two gumshoes pound the pavement on the trail, eventually finding a gigantic fruitcake, a gift from the amnesiac Goldar and Rito for their human friends. On the moon, King Mondo of the Machine Empire is sick of all the happiness and has Clank develop the Bias Blaster, which he uses to turn the Rangers' own diversity against them. Under the influence of the blaster's beam, the teens quickly begin to bicker and argue about why they should care about the other holidays. This is then exacerbated by Mondo sending Prince Sprocket to Earth, where he steals all of their holiday accoutrements to increase the fighting. Just when things look their worst, a little girl shows up with a diversity poster she drew for the celebration. Coming to their senses as the girl sings a unifying song, 
The Rangers put the poster on the wall and get to work saving the holiday celebration, with everyone going out of their way to find someone else's holiday is making sure it's represented. The holidays are saved, and King Mondo is left fuming. Back in the future, the old man finishes his story just as his other, older grandson arrives. Grandma and Grandpa are revealed to be Cat and Tommy. As a communicator chirps, the older grandson has to run off to take care of something, as the younger kid gets to spend more time with his grandparents. Whew, I know it's called a season to remember, but I think this is more like a season to forget. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, this is uh, I, like I said, if I did watch this when it originally aired, and I have no reason to doubt that I didn't, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not, not good. It's just very, very boring and forgettable. So let's get uh, right into the notes here. Now this aired, as I said, on November 27th. So it aired at the end of the season to get closer to uh, Christmas time. But it takes place someplace in the middle. Uh, this is mostly notable, especially in Zeo, because the Machine Empire were defeated at the end of Zeo. And now Mondo and Machina and Sprocket and Clank and Orbis are all back and ready to go. So, uh, you know, just aired out of order. Uh, also, as part of that, Billy and Jason are both missing. Now, when this originally was understood to take place, Jason's time as the Gold Ranger was on a bit of a hiatus, so he, that's why he's not there. Billy, however, was specifically written out of the episode, as it is name-dropped that he is at a family reunion, and thus unable to attend. Um, you know, this was a fairly contentious period, with David Yost and the producers of Power Rangers from all accounts. Um, not real surprising that he's not involved in this. It would be very little for him to do except to contribute to the bickering and arguing. Anyway, so from a narrative standpoint, not really any great loss. Probably really just behind the scenes stuff why uh, Billy's not in the episode. Um, we, uh, we do get a little scene with uh, um, Zordon and Alpha 5. Zordon gives Alpha a pair of gigantic bunny slippers as his gift. And uh, Alpha gives Zordon a Santa cap in his... Uh, in his little tube there, which is pretty funny. They do recycle the scene from Alpha's Magical Christmas, the exterior shot showing the command center slash power chamber uh, wrapped in Christmas lights. And uh, during this scene, um, Zordon calls Bias the most powerful evil known to man. And, you know, say what you will about this episode, but Saban, he was dedicated to the diversity cause, you know, and that was one of the messages that plays uh, subtly and overtly through Power Rangers, especially during this early uh, Saban era, the first uh, um, the first seven seasons, I'd say, you know, what we call the Zordon era, are very much all about diversity and inclusion, and it's good to see uh, that uh, you know, again, it, it's it's right, it's hit it right out there. It's a good a good message, even if it's very delivered, very kind of ham fistedly here. Um, unfortunately, the characterization really is not that great in this episode. Everybody obviously is acting under the influence of the beam, and when they're not, they're being kind of insufferably nice to each other. Rocky, of course, his only real characterization is that he likes to eat, because that's the only characterization Rocky was ever allowed to have, that he was not that bright and that he liked to eat. So at least he's on point. Now, outside of the main story, Bulk and Skull and Goldar and Rito are far and away the best part of this episode. Uh, they, you know, they, there's, it's a great comedy that they get, the Bulk and Skull get to do, and then you add Goldar and Rito into that in this state where they are amnesiac and don't remember who they are. Uh, it's, it's really just good stuff, and it, it brings me back to this era very well. Uh, you know, we get to see Bulk and Skull, like I said, pounding the pavement, and they're seeing the crumbs of the fruitcake, and like, ooh, look, a green thing, ooh, a red thing. Look, another green thing, another red thing, and they're eating the dried fruit as they go. And then when they get to see the gigantic fruitcake, um, Rito says, 
um, you know, I wanted to go with a giant cheese log, but who listens to me? You know, <laughs> and Rita was always good for kind of a non-secular line like that. And then when they're calling it in, you know, this is the days before cell phones. So naturally, uh, Skull has a shoe phone, just like Maxwell Smart from Get Smart. So I, I guess their, their little segment, I wish it had been longer. Frankly, I would have taken that as a yay story because it's a lot more enjoyable than the, uh, the yay story we actually got. Uh, the little girl sings the song to break the spell over everybody. We get more music in a Christmas episode. We are now three for three on songs being sung in a Christmas episode of Power Rangers. Of course, Mag- uh, Alpha's Magical Christmas was almost entirely songs. And we did have the um, uh, Kimberly and Aisha training and rehearsing with the kids for their Christmas musical in uh, I'm Dreaming of a White Ranger. So only one song this time, but, you know, that is what it is. Um, there, I The framing sequence is probably the most well-known part of this, but it does cause some problems. First off, you've got the classic continuity nitpick. How does Tommy, when he's telling this story to his grandson, know what King Mondo is saying on the moon? And what does he know what the moon palace looks like since he... I don't think he's ever been there. So that's one of those things. And how did he know what Bulk and Skull were doing? You know, it's like, okay, fine, that's a nitpick. I'm willing to let that slide. The other continuity issue is, of course, with Tommy and Kat being married. Now, I remember this being hinted around a lot during this period. I remember them, you know, really pushing Tommy and Kat together. And, you know, it was in the narrative way they do it is they'd have, you know, after Tommy got the Dear John letter from Kim, you know, uh, Kat would always be trying to set him up and they'd always end up together at the end of the episode. And I want to say that in the commercials hyping the three-parter The Wedding, there was a bit where the narrator said, so, uh, um, someone's getting married on Power Rangers. And then it was Kat saying, Tommy, uh, I can't find that commercial. I looked for it, but I'm sure I've got it on VHS tape somewhere for all the good that does me. But again, another hint that they were going to end up together. Well, of course, later on, when Tommy returns in Dino Thunder, he was single and there was no mention of Cat anywhere. We don't see Cat again until um, uh, the Super Megaforce uh, era. So could Tommy have gotten together with Cat after that? I suppose that's possible. Uh, some people like to uh, nitpick the communicator sounds inactive by that point. But, you know, considering that they've recycled, uh, you know, it's morphin' time and stuff like that for some of the later Saban series, I can see that you could do that and bring it back. That doesn't bother me as much. But it is still a point of contention. A lot of fans were expecting to see Cat uh, as Tommy's wife at some point in Dino Thunder, and it never came up. So... What does it, you know, what, are they married? Are they not married? Is this a micro continuity? I suppose these are questions that someone more interested in the outcome might ask. Frankly, I'm not all that interested. I was never really all that cool with the idea of Tommy and Kat being a couple. Uh, there are certain, there are certain ships in, uh, Power Rangers that I will, I will board, if you will say. And there are certain ships I, I really don't care about. You know, uh, Carter and, uh, Dana from Lightspeed Rescue. Absolutely. They absolutely need to be uh, together in the future because that's a perfect pairing for the two of them. Uh, you know, Tommy and Kat, eh, I could take it or leave it. Ultimately, a season to remember, it's not nearly as crazy as I'm dreaming of a White Ranger with the, uh, you know, having a fight with uh, Goldar and Rito with snowballs at the North Pole. And it's not as, you know, eye-gougingly awful as Alpha's Magical Christmas. So ultimately, on hope for a short monster fight at the end, because, you know, Sprocket comes down with some cogs and steals all their stuff. So I thought maybe there might be a morph in a short fight against the cogs. Or maybe uh, Sprocket has a machine a, uh, machine empire monster with him. That would have helped this episode immensely. It would have given something. Because it's, it's so 
outside of the bulk and skull stuff, it's just so, I don't know, um, it's just kind of hokey because it's all very goody goody stuff. And, you know, the, the, all the, all the, the Power Rangers series, especially as early as they've had their goody goody stuff, but this was a bit, kind of a bit on the nose and a bit over the top. And so it gets a little, you know, it's a little like, oh, okay, we get it. You're very diverse and you're very understanding of each other and all that. But, and, uh, yeah, so like I said, it just doesn't have much to recommend it. All in all, nothing special here really on the good side or the bad side. Now, if you want to watch this, um, it is included in the Shout Factory Power Rangers Zeo set, which is a complete season set. And that same set is also available in the seasons four through seven box. And four seasons four through seven are Zeo, Turbo, In Space, and Lost Galaxy, which represent the back half of the so-called Zordon era with Lost Galaxy serving as the transition between the Zordon era and then the later um, Saban era, which uh, did the um, the in the season individual season series. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's it you know Zio is a great show. Don't let don't let my you know lack of enthusiasm for this episode uh, deter you. Zio is an excellent series, and I heartily recommend it. So and that box set is uh, you know you can find the season set relatively inexpensively. Um, and you can find the, the box set at, at a decent price too, considering you're getting four full series out of it. So if you're interested, go hit the link at twotruefreaks.com and head over to Amazon and, and pick it up. And, um, you know, like I said, I've, I've got all the box sets for the, uh, the Saban era and the Saban slash Disney era. And they're, they're really fun. They're really enjoyable and it's easy to binge watch them, you know, just one right into the other. So I'd, I'd recommend that even if this particular episode was a uh, subpar. Well, everyone, that's all I've got for a season to remember, and just want to take a little bit of time now and uh, talk to all the listeners out there. It's been a heck of a year. 2016 has been a busy year for me personally, and obviously for pretty much everybody that I know. There's been a lot going on this year, and uh, you know, we you get caught up sometimes in the individual details of everything you're doing, and you got to stick a take a moment, step back, and look at the big picture. As far as the show is concerned, you know, we've had a lot of great guests this year. Uh, my brother, Jason Giaconetti, was on. Dr. Bill Robinson was on. Uh, Christopher Wollett and Jeremy Robinson were on. I want to thank all of them for being on the show and talking giant monsters with me, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I want to say thank you uh, to all you listeners out there, longtime listeners and new listeners alike. You know, uh, I, I say it every time we do, I do one of these, but a podcast really is a labor of love, and we're doing this because it's something we enjoy and we want to share that with you guys and to to see, you know, the likes come in on Facebook and the downloads and all that. It just makes me happy that people are enjoying what I'm doing. You know, that that's the main thing that 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 some some goofball talking about giant monsters on the Internet, um, you know, that, that other people want to hear that and what are interested in what I have to say. I, I can't express how happy that makes me that I can bring a little bit of uh, pleasure to some other folks out there just talking about giant monsters, about something I love. So. And, uh, you know, we're, in, we're getting into the holiday season now. Um, you know, uh, Thanksgiving always, Thanksgiving is the one that people think kicks it off. To me, it's always Halloween that kicks it off because after Halloween, it's kind of a mad dash to Thanksgiving anyway. And once Thanksgiving happens, now it's, you know, the full court press of Christmas. Um, but, you know, this, this is a time, it's a very happy time for a lot of people. We get to spend time with friends and family we don't always get to spend as much time with. And, um, but remember that not everybody, this is a tough time of year for some people too. And so there may be people in your family, in your community, at work, you know, that people in your neighborhood and anything that maybe this is a hard time for them and reach out to them and remember them and remember those that are less fortunate and maybe don't have as much to be thankful for this holiday season and uh, keep them in your mind as well. 
as uh, as we go forward and, and, and celebrate the holidays. Um, this is going to be obviously the last Earth Destruction Directive of the year. And again, I want, I want to thank everybody for spending 2016 with me. I've got big plans for 2017, and hopefully I can bring some of them to fruition. <laughs> you know, it's like they say, you know, when a podcaster's lying, his lips are moving. Actually, that's a salesman, but, you know, the joke still works. So, um, you know, and, and, and I hope you guys will stick with me, and I, I think we've got some great stuff coming up. we got more Marvel Godzilla. We've got more Godzilla movies. We've got more Gamera. We've got more Ultraman. Uh, I'm hoping to get, you know, uh, obviously more and some new guests on. And really just, uh, you know, uh, put the best podcast out there that I can for all you guys. And uh, right now I just want to say I hope everybody has a, a safe and healthy and happy uh, Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate this time. I hope everybody has a healthy and safe, emphasis on safe, New Year's. Uh, keep, keep track of yourself out there. Uh, but let me just say again, thank you everybody so much for another great year at Earth Destruction Directive and on the Two True Freaks Podcast Network in general. And let me just say, keep them stomping, and Merry Christmas. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Jackanetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. 
I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle Eljacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to TwoTrueFreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.